It is time for us to begin our midday program here on an overcast Monday afternoon, Monday morning, I should say. Scott in here with you. Daylight savings time has thrown me off a little bit, apparently. Jason Jorgensen's back. We'll hear from him in a little bit. Susan Littlefield is here. Bob Brogan is here to talk about uh, stocks and bring us all the good news there once again. And uh, But before that, we'll go to Susan. Good morning, Susan. Good morning, Susan. Good morning. It's National Nap Day. Is it really? Yes, it is. I wasn't really yawning either, by the way. Yeah, whatever. We know how it is. We know how it is. What do you got for us today? Well, we got lots of things. If you hear a little barking in the background, I have a dog that just let herself into my office. But we've got coming up, we're going to kick it all off here at 1219 as I talk with Susan Harris. There is a stress webinar that's going to take place next week. It's hard to believe that it's just been a year since we had to deal with all the flooding and the and the cattle losses and the blizzards. But the Nebraska cattlemen are working with UNL Extension and Nebraska Agribility to talk about stress. And so that's a webinar next week. Then we'll talk about Nebraska Agribility and what they're doing to offer help for producers of all sizes of operations. That'll be at 1245. And then Farm Credit Services cash back dividends. They are back again this year. We'll talk about how they're giving back to the producers out in the countryside. All right. Thank you very much, Susan. Appreciate it. it. Thank you. We turn it over to uh, the uh, the prodigal son has returned once again. <laughs> good to see you, Jason. It's good to be back. Yeah. And said some, some, a lot of work you were doing there, by golly. Some trips. I thought I'd have another trip in my future. I, I thought the UNK women would qualify for the NCAA tournament. Silly me thinking 26-6 and six and uh, wow. finishing third in the ultra-tough MIAA would be good enough. But, nope, they're shut out of the tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, three schools from the MIAA will go to the NCAA tournament. You have Central Missouri, who makes it, Emporia State. And then Fort Hay State edges out. UNK, even though the Lopers beat the Tigers twice during the uh, regular season. But that's that's the way it goes. Yeah. Only so, eight get in. Yeah, that's true. And, and it to certainly get... doesn't you know, it doesn't dampen the great season the Lopers had, oh. twenty six and six. Everybody returns next year and they have some talent that they will be adding. And then they can be formidable next year. Maybe a little uh, locker room uh, poster material there, uh, unfinished business. But when you beat your arch rival twice, yeah. and then they get in and you don't, uh, that, that, that stings a little bit more. Yeah, so we'll, we'll touch on that. Also talk about some Husker baseball. Nebraska was able to beat Columbia yesterday. They won that series with the thoughts of head coach Will Bolt. Uh, the Husker base, basketball team did not play as well as they allowed Minnesota to hit 18 three-pointers. They scored 107 points and... Season can't end quick enough for the Huskers. Uh, their last game of the year should be uh, Wednesday night, seven fifteen, Big Ten tournament against Indiana. Just an awful week. Just a, uh, just a really really bad week for them. So. Uh, it's been a bad year. Yeah, it has seven yeah. wins. All right, thank you, Jason. We'll turn it over to Bob Brogan. And uh, things haven't been real pretty in uh, your business world either, sir. I just saw a headline that this is the biggest drop in crude oil since the Gulf War in nineteen ninety one, and so. That's just kind of leading into this, the Dow Jones Industrial Average being uh, against the ropes right now, down uh, 1,500 points or more, and uh, the carnage continues. Uh, Lots of things being impacted, but especially oil today, and it's going to continue probably through the day, I would imagine. Well, price is down 18 percentage points right now. 
Time for us to take a look at our weather and how it's affecting agriculture for us and around the world. Paul Perkins in here with me in studio. And uh, as we, I think we might, might as well just be our theme. <laughs> what a difference a day makes because it seems like we do that a lot. But Big time, especially wow. in the months of, you know, these spring months here, March, mm-hmm. April. Uh, usually that big transition period, we get the big swings, and we're seeing a big time for today. A lot of us had yesterday highs in the low and mid-70s, as warm as 79 yesterday at North Platte. Wow. And over Kansas, Hill City had the state high there of 76. And right now we've got temperatures mostly in the low to mid-30s in Nebraska, touch warmer in Kansas in the mid to upper 30s. Wow, 40 degrees and snow. <laughs> exactly. You know, so why not? Why not? Exactly. Where we are seeing that precipitation, mainly into central and eastern areas, we are Seeing some snow mix in with that, especially towards the Grand Island area. If you look at some webcams there, you will see that snow falling with rain. A pretty good rain event going on right now from Grand Island to just near the Hastings and Sutton area. The trailing edge of this rain right now from about Albion to just west of Grand Island down to about the Hastings and Red Cloud area. Maybe a few straggler showers in north central Kansas from Mankato and Concordia down to Russell and Ellsworth, Kansas. This moisture all moving off towards the east and southeast, gradually tapering off as the day goes on. And we will see some clearing skies move in from the west. Not all of that clearing will make it into central areas, but right now that clearing line to the eastern part of the Nebraska Panhandle from about the, uh, oh, we'll call the Gordon area to Hyannis and Ogallala and gradually advancing towards the east. Rain chances decreasing today thanks to an area of low pressure over Kansas moving to the east. Also, of course, a cold front tracked east through the region and dropped our temperatures. Temperatures, luckily, though, much uh, they are cooler, much cooler than yesterday, but actually near seasonal for this time of year, expecting highs to gradually make their way into the 40s and some low 50s. We will see this brief lull in the precipitation before a small chance of rain and a wintry mix return for late tonight into tomorrow with another disturbance. But any amounts with this next system going to be on the light side and probably a lot more scattered. We will see this unsettled pattern continue the chance of rain and snow the rest of the week and into the weekend. The temperatures will be mostly milder than usual. No big blasts of cold air on the way. Our next likely chance of rain and snow is coming up on Friday night through Saturday and some lingering chances on into Saturday night. Uh, it does get a little bit colder though. Something to watch. It could change more of that rain over to snow, but right now just expecting mainly rain with the snow mix for Friday night through Saturday on that more likely period. Our latest long-term forecast now trending cooler on the temperatures after indicating a long period of above normal temperatures through the 19th. Nebraska and Kansas temperatures now expected to be slightly cooler than normal this weekend through March 22nd. Much of that warmer air well off to our southeast. Above normal precipitation likely in Nebraska, Kansas, and much of the U.S. this weekend through the 22nd. That more likely period for precipitation in Nebraska and Kansas is coming up this weekend. Key weather factors in the markets include rain during the coming week in the Midwest and improved chances for rain in Argentina. A fast-moving storm now crossing the central and southern plains is expected to reach New England by early Wednesday. Two additional storms will affect the U.S. The first crossing southern Canada during the mid to late week will generate some light precipitation across the northern U.S. and help to draw some colder air farther south. The second system will reach the southern Rockies at the end of the week, and that's a system coming out of the four corners towards us that will give us that likely chance of rain and snow for Friday night into Saturday. Midwest rain this week will bring the greatest coverage in 
eastern areas. That will keep the Midwest soil saturated and disrupt the field work along with the flooding threat. In the southern plains, frequent rounds of light rain or snow this week will be useful for the winter grains now coming out of dormancy. No harsh cold luckily expected. The northern plains will be cooler to colder this week following a mild weekend. The precipitation expected will be light and scattered. The northern plains now expected to see a new, more organized round of rain and snow about 6 to 10 days from now. The Delta series of heavy rain this week will produce a new threat of flooding along with disrupting their spring field work. Central Argentina crop areas had some beneficial rain this past weekend, and they will see additional rain over the next five days. Okay, well, you caught my attention when you said uh, coming out of the uh, Four Corners. Four Corners, yes. So luckily right now, expecting daytime highs to reach into the 40s for uh, the weekend, Friday into the weekend. So most of that will be falling as some rain. Uh, Don't can't rule out, of course, the snow mix, especially in the overnight hours into the early morning. But right now, mainly rain expected for this weekend. But it is something to watch if we get a little more cold air drawn into the system. Uh, that potential may be a little more snow mixed in. Nice weather, state wrestling. Nice weather, <laughs> girls' state basketball. Boys' state basketball, there's one left. Yeah, so. Exactly. So something to watch if you're going that way. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right. Well, thank you very much, Paul. I appreciate it. Where do you go to check in on your weather? Weather tab, krvn.com. It's okay to not feel okay. Good afternoon. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. A stress webinar is going to take place on the 17th of this month at noon central time. It's a collaboration between the Nebraska Cattlemen, the Nebraska's UNL Extension, and the Nebraska Agribility. Susan Harris is University of Nebraska Extension educator focusing on rural health, wellness, and safety. It is. We are doing a lot of stress and wellness education around the state. And this webinar is a first. It's something we haven't done um, before online, but it has been very successful live in person. So we're, we're putting it in a format where anyone can join us from anywhere, out on the farm, you know, on their phones, in their trucks, anything. And it's all about several things. It's about recognizing what stress can look like in ourselves and in others. Um, it's about understanding how that stress affects our bodies physically and mentally and learning coping strategies to deal with that stress. And it's also about maybe they would have a friend or a family member who is experiencing some serious stress. And it's about how to approach them, how to talk to them, what to say. And also it's about um, getting resources. Um, So many people aren't aware of all the great resources that we have in Nebraska. And we are going to talk about all of those things. And I think, you know, just being able to, to see what those symptoms are and recognize, and we all know what stress is like for us, but to be able to learn what it is and the warning signs in other people, I think, is a first big hurdle. Yes, and that is something that we have found very interesting in our workshops around the state is that what, what people don't tend to consider is that we all react to stress differently. You know, you might react um, in a way that's a physical, maybe you get headaches, whereas I, I know personally, I get forgetful. Um, it's all that cognitive stuff. Some people react very physically. Some people react behaviorally. They might get angry and lash out and do things that are different. Um, people just react very differently. No one is exactly the same, and that's what we have to stop and consider is that, you know, someone might be acting this certain way because they are stressed. 
self-care is huge. And I know that's really difficult for especially um, farmers and ranchers. You know, it's all about work ethic and going strong till it kills you, basically. And what we really need to do is just slow down and consider, um, you know, my family, my farm, my operation, um, my life is going to suffer greatly unless I take care of myself first. And it's not a selfish thing. It's the thing that we need to do. And and I'm not talking about just the sources outside of you that are causing you stress. I'm talking about uh, things that, that, that you do to yourself that cause you stress. You know, not sleeping enough, not eating the right foods, um, hanging around with people who are negative and kind of bringing you down. So many different areas of our lives that we need to look at um, in order to curb that stress. And the fact that you're not alone, to me, has got to be the biggest key to know that others are just like you and and you can reach out and find help and resources. Yes, that was something that we really discovered at Husker Harvest Days when we had our booth there and we did a little survey about stress and we handed out our wallet resource cards. Uh, We were just blown away by the number of people who stopped and talked about stress with us. The webinar is to take place on March 17th. We'll post more information online. I'm Susan Littlefield, the Pro Radio Network. Time for us to check in on, on our sports, and that means time for Jason Jorgensen. Hey, thanks, Scott. Well, leading 7-5 after the top of the 7th, Nebraska scored five runs over the next two innings on its way to a 12-5 victory over Columbia yesterday. The Huskers ended up taking three out of the four games this weekend, and head coach Will Bolt saw some good things from the Husker offense. Passive and to be overly aggressive, and I think at times we fall into both categories. I think sometimes we're a little too passive, and then other times we're probably swinging at pitches that, that we can't do damage on. I felt today was a much better example of being locked into the approach that we need. Bolt made his comments on his post-game show on the Husker Sports Network. Now Nebraska is supposed to return to action tomorrow against Northern Colorado at Hawksfield at 4.05. We will bring you that game on Cami Country. Unfortunately, it was another brutal loss for the Nebraska men's basketball team as this time they were blown out of the Twin Cities, losing to Minnesota 107-75. The Gophers had a school record 18 three-pointers in the game. Nebraska's now dropped 16 in a row. Seven and twenty-four overall. Yesterday, guards Cam Mack and Deshaun Burke did not play. They've been suspended indefinitely for violation of team rules. They were actually sent home from Minneapolis over the weekend. Now, Nebraska is the fourteenth seed of the Big Ten Conference tournament. They will face off against Indiana on Wednesday night at seven fifteen. Turned out to be a great weekend for eleventh-ranked Creighton as they were able to knock off eighth-ranked Seton Hall seventy-seven to sixty. By doing that, they clinch a share of their first Big East title for the Jays. They're twenty-four and seven on the year. Well, despite winning twenty-six games and finishing in third place in the MIAA regular season standings, the UNK women's basketball squad was left out of the NCAA Division II field that was announced last night. UNK's win total is tied for third most in school history, and head coach Carrie Amy didn't have a single senior on this year's team. The graduate transfer and point guard Haley Semitol being granted a sixth year 
by the NCAA a month ago. Fourth-ranked wrestling, the fourth-ranked Nebraska wrestling team finished in second place with 132 points at the Big Ten Championships. That's the program's best-ever finish since Nebraska joined the Big Ten. And it proved to be a weekend to remember for the Pleasanton girls basketball squad as they wrapped up an undefeated season by winning the D1 state title on Saturday. Pleasanton had close wins over Pender, CWC, and Bergen and Lincoln as they won the first girls' state title in school history. Bulldogs finished up the year at 28-0. Also of note, Hastings, St. Cecilia, they won Class C2. That's a look at sports. For more, find it anytime at krvn.com. I'm Jason Jorgensen. Equip your smartphone with the free KRVN app, powered by Capital Sales. Get breaking story alerts, up-to-date market information, and live weather in your pocket. Listen to podcasts on your time, watch the latest KRVN videos, and receive closings and cancellation information, all at your fingertips. Download the KRVN app for iPhone and Android wherever you get free apps. Proudly powered by Capital Sales. Nearly 150 dresses were donated to Dresses with Power, and 75 of them were chosen by students from the Lexington Public Schools to be worn at prom this year. All proceeds from the 75 dresses went towards first aid for healthy kids. Christy O'Meara, the social worker for LPS, says first aid for healthy kids is a fund for any student at Lexington Public Schools. Last year, I realized how many children were not able to go to the doctor simply because they do not have the money just for the appointment or to go into the dentist, possibly to get glasses or pay to, for the eye exam. So we wanted to establish a fund that a parent could receive some assistance in order to help their child go to the doctor. We know that healthy kids are more successful kids. All of the remaining dresses were sold to local stores with proceeds also going to first aid for healthy kids. A 37-year-old man has been identified as the victim of a fatal Lincoln stabbing. Police say officers sent to a central Lincoln apartment around 3.30 a.m. Sunday found Edward Verejka stabbed and a friend trying to resuscitate him. The officers took over until medics arrived, but the efforts failed to keep him alive. Verejka was declared dead at the scene. Police say there were at least three people in the apartment when he was stabbed, and they reported that intruders had entered it and attacked Verejka. Police say he lived elsewhere in Lincoln. No arrests have been reported. Nebraska officials are asking dozens of people who attended a Special Olympics basketball tournament last week in Fremont to self-quarantine after learning a woman infected with COVID-19 also attended the tournament. A news release Saturday from the Nebraska Department of Health and Human Services says the woman spent most of February 29th at the Fremont Family YMCA where a tournament was held. Health officials are asking the tournament's players, coaches and team staff members to self-quarantine and monitor themselves for symptoms of the virus until March 14th. They're also asked to self-report to the Nebraska Public Health online system or calling their local health departments for the next steps. A national group is hoping to encourage travelers to visit small towns along the old Route 20 highway with a historic designation. But it's not an easy feat because it takes cooperation from so many jurisdictions. The road runs through a dozen states from Boston on the East Coast to Newport, Oregon on the West Coast. The effort is gaining traction in Iowa where the historic Route 20 Association has won approval from all 35 cities and towns and 11 of 13 counties along the route. 
But other states, like Indiana, have issued a moratorium on new historic roads. Authorities have identified two people who died. Sometimes the hardest thing is asking for help. And for some producers, it's even harder when they know that they've got an agricultural injury that is keeping them from being able to do what they love. Good afternoon. I'm Susan Littlefield here on the Rural Radio Network. Emily Frydenberg joins us now. She's with Nebraska Agribility, and it is an amazing program. If you don't know what it is, it literally brings the spark back in life, I think, Emily, for these producers who can get back out there, whether it's working in the field or working with livestock. You betcha, Susan. You know, we talk a lot about um, being able to do things that you want to do again after an accident occurs on the farm or not even on the farm, you know, just anywhere, a car accident or anything like that. It's a quality of life thing. Like, we know a lot of these farmers and ranchers, that's what they want to do. They're going to do that all day, every day. They don't want to go to a job in an office somewhere. So keeping them doing what they love is something that I love to do. Um, our biggest thing with Nebraska Agribility is we go out to the farm visits for free, and we do um, a, basically a, a whole visit on finding pieces of assistive technology, getting to know that farmer, knowing what their biggest limitations are, and helping them to overcome those limitations. I think a, a friend of ours that we have in common, and Chad, yes. and Chad, back issues, couldn't work cattle anymore, and I remember talking to him at Husker Harvest Days, his tears streamed down his face because Nebraska Agribility is allowing them to, to safely work cattle. You betcha, absolutely. We um, helped to recommend some equipment for Chad, like a, um, I believe a silencer working chute and a, a calf catcher and a, a big um, portable working chute for in the pastures. And that has saved him so much time and effort. And he was, he was able to get back to doing those things independently. You know, he didn't have to have his wife and his kids and his dad around. He could do some of those things on his own again. And that's what it's about. I was going to say, that's the key, letting them go back to doing stuff without having that extra help there. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, uh, I, I remember another story from when I first started. So I've been with the AgriBility program about five years now. And uh, I the first case I did was up in um, north central Nebraska. And the guy called. We had recommended a specialized working shoot for him as well. He was a Vietnam veteran who had been shot in the shoulder. And so after, for so many years, he obviously couldn't use his shot shoulder because it was never workable again. So then he overused his other shoulder that he had available. So when I went out, he was like, I just want to be able to do work cattle again by myself. I want to be able to carry their feed to them. I just love that. That's, that's my job, you know. So we worked on getting him a specialized feeder for the back of his side-by-side and then a special silencer working shoot as well. And after he got all the equipment we always do a follow-up visit and so I called before I could come out to do the follow-up visit and he is crying on the phone Susan and I'm thinking oh me and Emily what did you mess up like he, something went wrong and he was like I worked cattle by myself for the first time in like six years and he's like I did it by myself my wife wasn't worried about me she knew I would be okay by myself and so here I am choking back tears while I'm on the phone. I'm like, well, I'll see you Tuesday then. <laughs> but that's what it's about. It's, it's about getting them back to work, doing what they love. Because if, if you can't do what you love, it's, it's hard to go to work every day. Let's talk about the cost and the financial side of, of bringing them back into the operation like this. Absolutely. So Nebraska Agribility is at no charge to any of the farmers and ranchers to come out and do an assessment fee with them. We also work closely with Nebraska Vocational Rehabilitation as a funding source for the assistive technology that we recommend. 
So um, we usually have two partners there at the meeting. So it'll be there be Rod or myself that come out to do the visits, and then um, a VR counselor from whichever county you're at in the state. Um, we write the full report up, talk about the pieces of assistive technology, and then the client works with vocational rehabilitation to figure out, you know, is there going to be a cost share? Um, are there other loans available? Are there grants available? Is there any community-based funding that can also assist besides just VR? We also um, refer a lot to, excuse me, Easter Seals Nebraska has an alternative loan and finance program, and it's very low interest um, for the farmer the rancher and for other individuals in general with disabilities they can get a, um, a loan from either a hundred dollars all the way up to thirty-five thousand. it's very low interest one percent over prime and they have usually 10 years to pay it off and so for someone that needs uh, extra handrail and a tra and tractor steps on a tractor to get them moving and doing correct things then that's what it's going to do and that's what we're going to we're going to find those um, loans and um, assistive technology funds available to help them. What I think is so unique is, is the fact that you guys can take all the knowledge that you have and you're kind of that outside eyes and you can look and say, well, if we just modify this or we bring you this piece of equipment, you're going to save wear and tear on your body and be able to, to farm and ranch again. Absolutely, Susan. So we not just look at right now. So. When we go out to see a farmer rancher that's had a knee replacement or a hip replacement, yeah, there's things that they need now, but as as you age, those things continue to, to possibly get a little worse. And so we're looking at safety, not just now, and but safety for in the future. And will this equipment fit that person in 5, 10, 15 years as well? So. For more information, where do they need to go? Absolutely. You can find us online at agribility.edu or unl.edu, excuse me, or you can give us a phone call at 1 800 471 6425. Thanks so much, Emily's been joining us talking about Nebraska Agribility. I'm Susan Littlefield on the World Radio Network. Time for us to uh, take a look at our business report here on this Monday, and it is not—it's not a real pretty picture um, today as as we look at uh, a, a sell-off this morning or last night by the Saudi Arabians have really pushed the oil prices down. That's affected the markets that were already staggered by the COVID nineteen virus, and uh, they are—it's—it's uh, it's a lot of red. All over the place is the bulls in control. Let's take a look at the overnights and the, and I tell you what, this is these are numbers I've not seen since I've been doing this. The world markets, the Japanese Nikkei down five percent. That's almost a thousand points. The uh, Hang Seng in Hong Kong is down eleven hundred points, down four percent. The London FTSE and in these two, London and Germany, are pretty good indicators because they often don't move a whole lot. But the London uh, FTSE is down 7.69%, and the German DAX index down almost 8%, uh, down 844 at ten, from 10,000 shares. And so that's rough. And we come into the United States, the 10-year yield, which is a pretty good marker of things, down 20% at 51% interest right now. And the Dow Jones Industrial Averages, Bad news, they're down 7% of the Dow Jones. They are under 25,000K right now at 23,977. The NASDAQ down 500 points 
at 8,042 in the standard and poor down seven percentage points at negative 208. Bob Brogan with more. Stocks falling sharply today on a combination of coronavirus fears and plunging oil prices, triggering a brief automatic halt in trading to let investors catch their breath. The S&P 500 had been down as much as 7.4% shortly after trading began, but the loss is moderated following the halt. The index was down 4.8% in midday trading. The uh, Dow Jones Industrial Average lost 1,255 points, or 4.9%, to 24,605 after briefly being down more than 2,000 points. And up to the moment, uh, the Dow is down about... Um, uh, eighteen hundred, about eighteen hundred points at, right now, and uh, remains to be seen what happens with that. The Nasdaq gave up four point four percent. The carnage in the energy sector was particularly noticeable. Marathon Oil, Apache Corporation, and Diamondback Energy each sank more than forty percent. Exxon Mobil and Chevron were on track for their worst days since two thousand eight. Oil prices tumbled nearly 20% as producers squabble about how much supply to cut in the face of falling demand. The S&P 500 has lost 17% since setting a record last month. If it hits a 20% drop, it would mean the death of what's become the longest-running bull market for U.S. stocks in history. And today actually marks the 11th anniversary of the market hitting bottom after the 2008 financial crisis. On another subject, Twitter says it's reached an investment deal with Silver Lake and Elliott Management that will keep Jack Dorsey as the social media company's CEO. Twitter Incorporated saying today Silver Lake will make a $1 billion investment in the company. That money, along with cash on hand, is expected to be put toward a $2 billion stock buyback. So coronavirus continues to haunt the, uh, haunt the markets. And as a result, uh, oil prices have uh, taken it on the chin. All right. Thank you very much, Bob. Farm Credit Services is once again giving back to its customers. Good afternoon. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. We learned more about these cashback dividends and some new things being implemented within the program from Ryan Kirkhoff. He's with Farm Credit Services of America. Yes, Farm Credit Services of America took two important steps that are making a difference for our customer owners. Our board of directors approved a 2019 cashback dividend equal to 1% of the customer's eligible daily balance. This allowed us to return a record share of our earnings to farmers and ranchers we serve. So for 2019, we returned more than $262 million in cashback dividends to eligible customer owners, and we paid it out in January, two months earlier than in the past. So why are we seeing some of the change? Well, as a mission-driven cooperative, Farm Credit Services of America feels it is important to share our financial strength with farmers and ranchers who have helped make us successful. This is true no matter the economic cycle, but it is particularly rewarding to put our financial strength to work for customer owners at a time when agriculture faces many challenges. Our goal in moving up the distribution of the cashback dividends is to maximize the impact our patronage program has by getting it into the hands of our farmers and ranchers 
as they plan for a new season. I understand, too, that there's been a major milestone in the patronage program. Yeah, we've distributed um, cashback dividends for each of the past 16 years. And our 2019 cashback dividend payment of more than $262 million pushed the total amount we have returned to eligible customer owners to more than $2 billion. That is $2 billion that customers in our four-state service area of Iowa, Nebraska, South Dakota, and Wyoming have invested in their operations and families and spent in their local communities. Best of all, our board of directors is committed to providing certainty about future cashback dividends. So Ryan, tell me a little bit more about this change and then what it means to your customer owners. Yeah, our board of directors has approved a cashback dividend for 2020. Its intention is to keep cashback dividends at at least 1% of a customer's eligible daily balance. One of the many ways that agriculture can depend on Farm Credit Services of America. So how does Farm Credit Services of America calculate the amount that each customer is going to receive? As I've indicated, cashback dividends are determined by the customer's average daily loan volume during each fiscal year. So essentially, the more business you have with Farm Credit Services of America, the greater the share of profit you get back as a cashback dividend. At 100 basis points, or 1%, and an average daily loan balance of 250000 your cashback dividend check is approximately $2,500. So then why does Farm Credit Services of America distribute cashback dividends every year rather than retaining all of its profits? Well, it goes back to our unique cooperative business model. We are governed by the customers who do business with us, and our financial success is their success. We want stockholder capital held as close as possible to our farms and ranchers. What we don't return to our customer owners in the form of cashback dividend is retained by our financial cooperative to serve the needs of our customers and the next generation in agriculture. We are here to support agriculture through every economic cycle, through challenging times as well as good times. That's my conversation with Ryan Kirkhoff. He's with Farm Credit Services of America as we talked about cashback dividends. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. Clay Patton on the Rural Radio Network. Join with John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniel Zag Marketing in Chicago and publisher of the newsletter This Week in Grain. And John, despite the market sell-off, and I'm sure your office was in the office early today with that, grains are able to buck the trend a little bit here. Yeah, it was a wild day, I think. You know, when you see the markets move like that on the open, you know, double what the margin requirements are for, for an account. Uh, on the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, it's, it's you know, you're in for a nasty day. So it's, it just kind of comes in waves. You'll have a wave of selling. Everything gets really bad, almost like a heart attack, and then things will come, come back again. Uh, fortunately for the grain market, specifically wheat and corn, wasn't that bad. Look up today. You're going to see up three on the Chicago, down three on KC, and corn close to unchanged. What's the big fuss about? And I think that's, uh, you know, that there's some Chinese demand in here. They made a purchase this morning of soybeans, or unknown did, but we're going to assume that's China. And uh, there's some talk now they're gonna, they're buying spring wheat and possibly looking for offers on USDDGs and sorghum. So, uh, you know, prices are low for them. I think at this point, South American weather is still a threat. So we should have another maybe run up to the 380s if we can get this macro to turn around in the corn. Um, but I think you probably need to start securing some some you know, sales at that point, especially on the uh, on the old crop, if you got to move it here by the end of May. 
How much uh, control is Russia in right now, or how much of the driver's seat? The ruble's down 8%, so crude oil exports, wheat exports, they're, they're just ready to move a lot of product. Right. There's a little catch to that, though. I mean, everybody like us will say, oh, well, you know, Russia's going to sell, but they also have a population they have to feed. And, you know, as their currency gets crushed, you're seeing uh, um, essentially the, the, the efforts will be to raise some sort of export tax there to try to stop folks from selling it. You know, if you can think how things were back in, like, our run-ups in the early 2000s in crude oil where, you know, we weren't crude exporters, so it's a little bit of a different analogy, but, you know, we were doing everything we could to try to slow down the price rises. And here in this country, we're fighting deflation, but that's that's kind of an anomaly. The rest of the world's fighting inflation in, in certain markets. Uh, if you, as long as you're not a European country or a Japanese country or the U.S., like, your currency is really weak. So we touched lows, actually, in the uh, in the ruble today. You touched lows in the rei and the peso. So, again, still just major problems, and I just don't know what's going to get us off the mat here. It's got to be some sort of crazy bazooka-type stimulus package or, you know, cuts to negative that'll get folks out of the dollar, but I don't even know if that's enough yet, um, you know, but things are ugly here on the energy side, it won't stay that way forever, uh, I think we'll make a low probably sometime here in the next two or three bucks. And again, John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst, learn more at danielzagmarketing.com, again, danielzagmarketing.com, do remember trading futures and options involves risk of loss and may not be suitable for all investors, consider these risks before investing. And that's going to do it for our midday show. To hear today's midday program in its entirety, go to podcasts on krvn.com, brought to you by Divinity Motors. Howdy, folks. This is Rick from Divinity Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, and McCook. When you're ready to buy a new vehicle, expect that our hardworking, experienced staff will treat you just like family. Go to DiviniChryslerJeepDodge.com today. And remember, it's not a deal until it's a Divinity deal.